Digimon, digital monsters. I'm recording. Digimon are the champions. Yep. You sound ridiculous. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. You're a ridiculous person. Change into <laughs> digital champions. To oh my goodness. Save the digital world. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the song goes. Yeah. He, he sings the refrain, and then there's like this computer voice that comes in and goes, "World." It's it's a great it's a it's a great story for our time. That is so dumb. <laughs> Welcome to episode 21 of Abnormal Mapping. It is a special New Year's cool soge where we just talk about nothing. Everyone's here. Matt, say hello. Hi. Destiny, say hello. Hello. Video games! Really? Yeah. No. It's... No, I'm sorry. The year of the... What is it? The year of... I haven't plugged my PS3 in, by the way. I mean, my PS3 is always plugged in. It's not on. Uh, it, mine got subbed out for the Wii U. Oh, yeah, sure. I have a lot. Uh, my room, I don't know if you know this about me. I have a lot of electronics. My room is a fire hazard. I have like four power strips just in my room, all used up pretty much. That's... No, five power strips. I just have four. I have one extension cord, four plugs, and I rotate. Yeah, that's what I do. Got one. One for the, one plug for the speakers, one plug for the computer, one plug for the monitor, and one for whatever console's going in. That's it. Monitor, computer, speakers, external hard drive, um, chargers for Kindle, tablet, phone, 3DS, Vita, a Game Boy Advance SP, and uh, PSP are just in there. Uh, charger for the Wii U, the Wii U cord, the 360 cord, the PS3 cord, the PS4 cord, the Dreamcast cord. Oh my god! <laughs> the TV also plugs in, and a lamp, and the game frame. That's... Everything's, okay. like, really One close cons- to his bed, too. So if he catches on fire, <laughs> if it catches on fire, he catches on fire. He live on the edge. You live life a quarter mile He's time. like Steven Tyler, I mean, he lives on the edge. If my room catches on fire, I'm going to die anyway, like, realistically. The uh, maintenance people, uh, like, last month came and put smoke detectors in all the rooms, even though I'm pretty sure that's been, like, the law for years now, <laughs> and I just hadn't noticed. <laughs> so, it's a good thing nothing did catch on fire, because I would have died. Please don't, don't die. Well, don't I mean, die. I'll bequeath all of my stuff to you, Jackson. Yeah, but I can't get it. I'll, I'll just like be in no, a storage because then, then you Omaha. get this. You get this beautiful coming of age novel of you having to travel to America <laughs> because your friend died and left all of their weird technology shit to you. And the story of me like coming to terms with this connection and like my only physical uh, like connection with this person is after their death with all their shit. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That'd be, I'd yeah, read that. That's totally a novel that, that sounds exists. like a winner. Yeah. Somebody's getting a Pulitzer. Uh, do you get Pulitzers for which one's that? Isn't that a journalism one? Oh, don't they have a novel one? I don't know. She doesn't know. She majored in English and she still doesn't know. The Booker Prize. There you go. National know. Book Award. That's not 
That's not for Americans, the Booker Prize, if I remember oh, correctly. Jackson. Oh, is that not? I uh, assume Jackson would I'd... be the one writing the book. Oh, sure, yeah. Sure, I'm could, dead. I, I yeah, write I'm not writing that. I'm too busy <laughs> yeah. being in mourning. I'm going to be wearing black and looking fabulous. You do that anyway. That's true, but this time I'll have a reason. A real okay. reason other than being a Smiths fan. <laughs> you can tell we're really enthused to talk about video games today. Video games have been... Ter- Look, I know we don't cover like current events, but video games have just been the saddest thing for a while. They and it's have. starting to get to me, I feel like. Is it has it been that? I don't know. I feel like it's been something else. Because the last month you've like been just last few weeks you've just found your inner fuck video games. That's true. Maybe it says more about me than where video games are at. I don't know. I I think it does, and that's fair. That's the that's the cycle we go through, I guess. The reality Interest is, I'm home out. more, so I'm reading Twitter more because of the oh. holidays. I think that's oh. actually it. Yeah, you've been avoiding Twitter. It's it's that I'm when I'm at work I try not to really read a lot of Twitter because I'm at work you know I'm getting paid to do uh, stuff so I'm gonna do. You've stuff. been reading Twitter more and listening to podcasts less, so your idea of what games are has just been oh. I mean, no, because when I listen to video game podcasts, I get very sad. Oh, because because you make bad choices. I listen to a lot of bad game podcasts. <laughs> you do. I'm I have free. a lot of hours to kill. I'm free. I'm free of the bad... Well, I've been making other bad podcast choices, but who cares? Okay. I listen to comedy podcasts, so I'm in the clear. What video games did everybody get for Christmas? I got, um, Bayonetta 2. Oh, that's actually a pretty good gift. Awesome. Yeah, that was it. That was my Christmas gift. And a pro controller. Uh, So I was able to play through Bayonetta 2, and I played through the first one again. Those games are very good. Okay, good. That's that. You like Bayonetta 2 less than I did. I think so. Yes. Yeah. No, I did. I definitely did. But it gave you a newfound appreciation of the first Bayonetta game, right? No, I still appreciated the first Bayonetta game in all the ways I did. Like, I love Bayonetta. Bayonetta's a great game. I think Bayonetta 2 is unfocused in strange ways, and the stuff they remove takes a lot of the personality out. I I think the stuff they take out removes the personality. I think it's way more focused than the first Bayonetta. How could you think this? I don't understand how you can't. Because Bayonetta two just like they're in one place and they're in another place. They're still oh, sure. Which like way the locations are like all over the place, but like in terms of the general game flow, it is the it, it knows exactly what it's good at and it does that over and over again. Sure, but the way it structures itself is uh, leaping from one idea to another, and it's very, we had a bunch of uh, discarded ideas for a sequel, and we need to construct a story out of them way. Oh, sure, but that's not, that not even a concern. Give me a bunch of set pieces to run through. I, I'm not I'm not saying it's like a problem, but you can tell Bayonetta 1 is a more coherent thing. Mm, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to argue that, mm, I don't know. Bayonetta 1 has all sorts of things that just don't really work very well in it, so. no. I like it more. Uh, I I honestly, like it more too. I'm I'm not saying that it's the lesser game. I'm not ridiculous here. Honestly, the biggest problem uh, with Bayonetta two, way more than comparing it to Bayonetta one, is that I've already played Azura's Wrath, and Bayonetta two cannot out Azura's Wrath. Azura's Wrath. I mean, it's a better game than Azura's Wrath is. Sure, but it still relies on you doing fights in order to get this big, ridiculous anime catharsis, and it can't even come close to burst. I'm sorry. I mean, you're right, but if I could just get one of those types of games a year, I'll be happy. Yeah, true. I mean, no one's going to make a sequel to Oscar's Wrath. 
I know. But here's like a weird thing to say. Because of Azure's Wrath, I was thinking, what if Bayonetta 2 had more quick time events? Oh, you should play Final Fantasy 13 too. Oh, should I? Yeah, they added quick time events into cutscenes <laughs> and into boss battles. Oh, great. Just please shut down the part of my brain that wants to play through 13 first. Don't do that. Just watch okay. my videos. I have been. I got a good 10 videos in. They're good. You should watch them, people listening. And uh, don't ever play that. That game is not good. <laughs> and it doesn't get good. Like, people tell you when it opens up, it's great. Like, it's it's fun because it's different. It's like, oh, this is a different... Like, they, gave, they have a new idea. But it goes on for another... 10 hours and it, the new idea wears out in two so and i've i've played enough of 13 to know the deal with that game yeah it doesn't get any different it's the yeah. exact same stuff you know that big boss the big space pope boss you fight him twice again like oh, that game great. ran out of ideas at the point where you stopped <laughs> uh, maybe I'll, I'll play 13 too soon i'll get to that that's uh it's weird destiny what have what have you you played what have i played i played more of the sims and I'm not going to talk about it, because I already did. Uh, I also played through 80 Days. Uh, I'm now on my third playthrough, um, which uh, I guess it goes without saying, but I'll say it. This game is great, and I love it, and I can't stop playing it. It's really cool, and I know you both played it. What do you think of it? I played 80 Days and it was new, so my opinion is admittedly a little fuzzier than you guys' is. Um, even though I've been banging on to play 80 Days ever since 80 Days came out. Mm-hmm. You guys waited till now to hey, do Hey, so. it took a while um, to get to Android, you dick. It's been out on Android for like weeks now. Weeks, though. though! I've just been, I've just been procrastinating on that shit. Uh, 80 Days is probably, is, is the best video game of 2014. That that's okay. my opinion. That my game of the year thing, which will probably actually never go up at this rate, <laughs> is uh, I, I say that I think that game is beautiful, and I love how it pushes you forward, but in doing so, it gives you like just enough to sense big stories behind these very fleeting interactions, mm-hmm. and makes you sad that you can't dawdle there, even though it's clear the game would never be able to support the things that it's suggesting. It's it's how video game fiction should be written i feel like it's it's ambitious but it doesn't overstep and it doesn't fall apart when i feel like it'd be really easy to over design that type of game what i like about it It, yeah oh sorry i i've got nothing i was gonna say um okay so on my first playthrough it took me 113 days to get back to london uh because of an incident that left I, i got drugged in an opium den and was left penniless in Shanghai for way too long. And uh, I wasn't reunited with, what's his face, Fog, for um, some time. Uh, but I actually found uh, the first playthrough way more interesting and richer than the one where I sped through and tried to make it back to London, and I did, within 75 days. Because, it, yeah, when the game uh, sort of suggests you stay in a place and just explore it. All these wonderful things happen and you get these cool people and incidents in your life. Like I delivered a baby. I made out with a dude dressed as death in New Orleans. I did that. (laughs) I, uh, you know, ended up solving a murder. Like it was intense. But the first, 
or excuse me, the second playthrough where I'm rushing through and trying to hit this goal of 80 days, not as uh, rich of an experience. And I'm glad that the game kind of gives you this choice. It gives you a lot of different choices, clearly, like which routes you're going to take and what kind of character you're going to be. You can be stuffy and snobby and racist, or you can be open-minded and adventurous and organized and romantic. Uh, but it also gives you the choice of, like, you could just lose this wager and have an interesting story when you get back, you know? Or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Uh, my reaction to it was a little down compared to you guys, mostly just because I find it a way sadder game. Uh, but that's only because it's a game about these fleeting moments of interaction and this idea that uh, m- focusing on a goal uh, it denies you these deeper connections. And I like that about it, but it, it feels way too easy and effortless in the way it portrays just... Uh, how much shit happens to Passporto every five minutes? Like, it's non-stop interesting stuff happening, interesting lives coming to him, interesting this, and the game uh, like just links, just be open-minded and do things, and these cool stuff will happen. And I like that's a common theme in a bunch of fiction, and it rubs me the wrong way as someone who's uh, has had very different experiences and struggles as being uh, like isolated. I feel find that just an inherently dishonest thing if you're not going to portray the difficulty and effort that goes into f- even forging a connection with another person. But I I think uh, it's interesting, though, because you you do have the choice to, like, sit around in the hotel and wait on fog or sure, explore. It, and, you know, sometimes it's really dangerous and you can stay in and be like, I don't know about this. And It betrays it as a choice, as a, as a like, this really... It's like any video game choice. Do the good thing or the bad thing. It but it doesn't say it's the... good or bad. It just says this is what's offered to you. Like, he doesn't see anything wrong with staying in and waiting on fog because he loves doing it. No, but my point is more that if you click go out, stuff will happen to you. The, the stuff comes to you. The interesting adventure finds you because you were open-minded and did cool things. Like, there is no... Uh, it, it just... It, it, like, if that didn't happen, there would be no story. So it can't be any other way. But it just... it. I don't know. I, it's a very personal issue. I don't think it makes the game worse. But... You know, I don't know, I kind of liked just, how it, it didn't really say it was coming to you, I liked how it was like, you have to make the effort to uh, interact with these things. Like, he could just stay in all day, but he makes the choice to go, you know what, I'm gonna go out even though it's scary and there was rumblings of war and this I, these people are foreign, like, the fact that he did it even though there was that trepidation like i think that means more whether it like other than it being this sort of like you know if you go out this will happen to you it's like just the the effort i think is there implied at least. i guess i don't i i didn't see the effort i guess because the game is always going to continue everything's going to be fine mm-hmm. uh you just have to press the button to see the cool things that can happen to Passporto. uh and i you know, i don't know i just find I haven't really thought this criticism through because it's totally a personal thing that uh, that hits on a bunch of stuff with my baggage and everything. But I wish more games would, uh, and just stories in general, would attempt to show that it's not like a choice. Like you can't choose to be a certain 
way and then interesting stuff happens uh i i wish that like that actually put more time into the effort of uh, making those things work but i i don't know that's like i don't know it's a very half-baked weird just feeling i get so i'm, I'm gonna stop yeah, i kind of i kind of get what you mean it's like um yeah not everyone can just go out and these things would happen to them but like that's the difference between you know like fiction and I don't know. I don't know if it would be a better game. Because if... go on. No, because ultimately it's like a problem of like fiction in general and not knowing how to reconcile that. Because you have all these stories that occur because someone gets in an unfamiliar circumstance or whatever, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and cool stuff happens. But like without those moments of chance connection, a billion stories that we read or play or watch never would happen so you have to accept this logical leap as a way to have these stories but i just don't i don't see that in my life or any life honestly also our lives are like we don't have a bunch of money where we can just go around the world and have an adventure like the idea the like if this happened to me if i fell into this kind of money and somebody was like let's just go around the world i would be terrified i don't know if i would play it as rough as these guys and there's also the quite like women wouldn't be able to do this by themselves and feel safe mm-hmm. uh so that's a problem inherent in that kind of thing and also you've got the fact that you know these are guys coming from england in a time period well i mean like there's a sort of steampunky vibe of all the travel because of the automatons and stuff yeah. but like essentially like it feels like what post-world war one europe pre-world war one europe uh pre-wobble yeah so pre-wobble one pre-wobble one yeah mm -hmm. so it's like they're coming from the privileged areas going into the non-privileged areas sometimes and then when they do go into privileged areas like they kind of reap the benefits of that and like they'll come across like there was one instance where i went to america and talked to a native american woman and like i you know my character didn't know anything about what was going on with the reservations and uh, he compared it to orphanages and like, I don't know, like, and then he could leave it and not do anything about it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of that in the game. The game is uh, like British persons tour through the world. Mm-hmm. It's which is ultimately what that original book is as well, I guess. And that's that's true. I always forget that it's based on Jules Verne, so I have to be, you know, keep that in consideration. Yeah, and I never read that, so I, I have know. no idea how that book dealt with like the problems that they came across. I, I mean, I assume less well than the game because the half of the game's point is showing you different perspectives of people around the world and realizing how limited your viewpoint is. That's true. When you uh, only stay in one place and only think one thing and take your world as writ. Uh, there's a lot of meeting people and finding, oh, we see things this way, and they see things this other way, and these all conflict and exist at the same time, and that's, like, uh, I would say one of the main points of the game, uh, more 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 so than perhaps just, like, having adventures and finding these connections. It's about seeing different viewpoints and ideas and how they exist together, I guess. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's 80 days. <laughs> Is Matt still there? Matt's yeah, been very quiet. Why? Hello. You were very quiet there. I, I haven't played that game in like three months. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. 
Oh god, is it really been three months? It's been quite some time. Oh, I thought that was like early December. No, 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 no. <laughs> what happened? Time. What about anyone else? Anyone else got stuff? Stuff to say? I want to talk about Batman Arkham Origins, Jackson. Okay. Oh, we promised you? we would last podcast. <laughs> do you want to get it yeah, off your chest? Do you want to let it out? Oh, so Batman Arkham Asylum is one of the greatest games of the last generation. Like, one of the greatest games ever made, really. I'm okay with saying that. Like, it is the successor to Metroid Prime. Like, it's it's not perfect, but it's amazing. It's a monumental achievement. And then they made sequels, and they made them open world, and they made Batman uh, tougher, and they made more combat, and they gave you more stuff, and they added more collectibles and more side objectives. And you played Arkham City, Jackson. Isn't that a bad game? It's not a good game. It's not a good game. <laughs> Arkham Origins is bigger, more full of stuff, and is made worse. Like, it's a, it's messier and clearly not, you know, rock steady and clearly not given the same kind of consideration. And uh, it has the great, dumb, goofy premise of it's Christmas Eve and Black Mask has hired ten assassins to kill Batman and you have to fight through all ten of them and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it is the most self-serious thing. It turns Batman into Kratos uh, in that he's just going around yelling at people and like beating them up because this is the younger uh, tougher Batman, which means he's bigger and bulkier and angrier because that's, that's apparently the only arc that you can do with Batman. That's the opposite of Batman's actual arc. It's really sad. <laughs> no, no, no one's like, oh, remember when Batman was uh was younger and angrier? No, Batman was more optimistic when he started. That's the whole point. Yep. That's why you want sad old Batman. But instead, it, it's just a miserable game. It ends up being about the Joker again. And, Is Black uh, Master Joker? Yes. He's actually the Joker. Uh, he captured Black Mask and was acting like Black Mask and using his money to hire all these guys. And then you fight through a bunch of nonsense. Uh, the boss battles remain the boss battles. They're not particularly good. Though, they've added way more quick time events to them all. Uh, which doesn't help. You, did you say that you climb up towers to reveal parts of the map? Yep. <laughs> In the open world, you climb up towers to reveal parts of the map. It's just an Ubisoft game. Ha! Uh, <laughs> Once you get to the, you go in, well, there are these radio towers and you go inside and you have to like decode the signal and then you get the map. Otherwise it's jammed because the Riddler's taken over all the radio towers in the city. Why? Uh, Why? It, it unlocks Why? fast travel points because the thing you don't actually want to do is go through this big open world and they know that, but they still insist on having one. Fuck video games. <laughs> yeah. I did Fuck not finish them. this game. I got So almost... what broke you? What broke you? Because you, I, how far did you get? Uh, I was a little, probably about seventy-five percent through. What broke you? What made you didn't push on? See that fantastic finish that they had waiting for you. This ridiculous cutscene that I I showed to both of you, I think, where mm -hmm. Batman argues with Alfred. I don't remember this. Describe for the uninitiated and for Destiny's memory <laughs> um, what occurs in this cutscene. Alfred uh, is like, 
you, uh, this is not the legacy you were raised for, blah, blah, blah. You're like this monster who's going out and beating people up. And Batman is all, this is who I am. This is what I do. I might link the thing. It's ridiculous. Basically, he's like, you're not my father. I know what I'm doing. The criminals fear me, and that's the only way to succeed. And then flies off in his bat plane. And then, like, over the Gears of War radio, Alfred immediately is like, I'm sorry. And he's like, I'm sorry, too. But I have to go do this thing. And then continues to beat up thousands and thousands of people. Oh, my gosh. And that's, like, the emotional high point of that game. Wait, a sure argument that is immediately re- rendered moot by both characters resolving it instantly. Well, I mean, there's that bit later that we read about where Alfred dies, quote-unquote, and Batman has to bring him back with his electrical punch What? <laughs> Wait, hang on. I forgot about that. Yeah, like, Bane, Bane finds out where the Batcave is and goes and, like, wrecks it, and then, like, Alfred's, like, at the verge of death, and you show up, and his heart stops, and you use your electrical punch gloves that you got to charge up like consoles to like open doors and stuff and you restart alfred's heart and you learn that not only can your powers take life they can also give it (laughs) (laughs) the part where batman has electrical punch gloves in the first place is like cause for concern but man what a dumb stupid awful game it's just that is it's how, so frustrating. How on earth do you not do if you're not gonna if you right, so someone says, Here's Batman prequel game, how on earth do you not make that like either like inspired by the thirties stuff or just go Silver Age or something? You well, like it's a prequel ba- to Arkham Asylum. Sure, but Arkham Asylum's style comes out of uh modern Batman stuff. It comes out of like the half Nolan stuff, half of the Burton stuff, and just what's going on in the comics at the moment. So if you did a prequel you'd want to harken back to older ideas about what Batman was, right? I mean, like, sure, I would just been happy if it was like, let's make this, let's make him even more fragile and make it like a stealth, like way more of a stealth game. Yes. And take out the open world. Yes. They didn't do that. No. Instead, <laughs> you were, uh, you were like the fucking invincible Batman badass. You have all of your stuff from the prior games to begin with, and you just get more stuff on top of it. Oh God, why do you, why, why, why? Because they have already made two games, you fight a lot of the same villains you fought in prior games. You fight Killer Croc and Bane. You fight Bane twice, actually. He wasn't interesting the first time you fought him. <laughs> no, he wasn't! What if we just all go play Arkham Asylum now and remember the good times? It's actually quite striking how quickly they managed to run that thing into the ground. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, the minute you're bam. like, make it more like a video game and make it like open world and they like give you collect- like more collectibles and stuff, it just ruins it immediately. It falls apart. Are you going to play Arkham Knight? Yeah, probably. But, like, probably a year after. Yeah, I'm going to pick that up for cheap. I'm not going to, like, go out and pre-order that shit. <laughs> I'm not a monster. I would watch a video of you going into a GameStop pre-ordering would, Even Arkham if I was Knight. going to, I would just order it on Amazon. No, you'd have to do it. You'd have to engage in the conversation. I'd have to see the joy drain from your face. As you do I don't right. pre-order things from GameStop. There's been one exception in the past three years. What's the exception been? I've got that Shulk Amiibo pre-ordered, and it's a good topic. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that tells everyone a lot about who you are. Yep. Look. <laughs> Look. Uh-huh. I've never even played a Shulk in Smash Brothers. I just want it, because it's a ridiculous thing to No, have. I think that's It's cool. okay. The last, time I, the last time I pre-ordered a game from GameStop, it was a Digimon World DS game. Great. So, yeah. What it a never monster. Came out. It never came out in the UK. 
Oh, oh. great. Even better. <laughs> uh, I, I paid a pound, paid my deposit, never came out. <laughs> Game owe me a pound. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I mean, you could roll that pound to something else. I, I'm sure they've forgotten about it. That store is closed by now. There's oh, okay. another one. Is it only, do you only, like, in our game style, I think you need to leave a $5 deposit. Uh, well, this was a few years ago. Oh, okay. I think it's so, been that way for a long time, though. Uh, I laid down a pound for Digimon World Dawn or something. I don't know. I got that game eventually. It's pretty good. It's just a Final Fantasy game. Is it really just a Final Fantasy game? I'm told. I don't know. It's a, no. It's, it's a JRPG. You crawl through dungeons and you collect Digimon. I mean, that's automatically not a Final Fantasy game. No, but it's not a Pokemon game. Okay, it, it's like yep. an off-brand Pokemon. Is what you're saying? <laughs> no, I'm saying that I'm saying that it's way more traditional JRPG than Pokemon's approach to anything. It doesn't have like the meters on the attacks. You don't catch monsters by any weird like activity. You just kind of once you've encountered them enough times, you can clone them. Uh, it's way more copying old dungeon crawling RPGs. JRPGs. Sure. Yeah, this sounds kind of somewhere between SMT and actually 13-2. Yeah. I actually, I really like that game. It's not amazing, just you want mid-tier JRPG? Digimon World Dawn has you covered. No, we're, we're gonna talk about mid-tier RPGs at the end of this episode. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, what did I play? Let's load up the spreadsheet. I'm loading up the spreadsheet. There's a spreadsheet. We have a spreadsheet. We've done it. We've done it. Because we're organized. We've played as only cataloging games in 2015. So when we come to the end of the year, we'll know how much we've played. Uh, we've already played 23 games, or I have, because we just gorged on Itchios the other day, as we are wont to do. Yeah, you know, uh, Itchios are good. We're not going to talk about them here. I mean, not really. if there's any you actually want to talk about, we uh, can. No, not really. Mm. Uh, Cooking for lovers is, is the saddest. I really like a century, but I feel like I haven't played yeah, that yet. I'm generally kind of uh I don't like uh cyberpunk that much. Just as a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I can see that. I do. Yeah, um I, I was talking to Destiny I think last night about how I I kind of didn't like Arrow 404 very much. Why not? Uh okay, we can get into this. Arrow 404 is a like uh computer metaphorical porn game by Lana Polonsky who will be joining us in a couple weeks but uh the the way it works is you're engaging in kind of like these it's like going into hard drives and exploring this computer space but it's presented as like this uh like sexual activity mm-hmm. and it does it through it's a twine game it's it's through like the error it cre- it creates intentional errors in the twine scripting and uses like the ability to destroy the text to basically decay the entire game to the state where it like locks up and doesn't give you anything else to do. And I personally, uh, and this is, I think just a, who I am as a human being don't perceive sexuality as like a seeking the obliteration of the self. Like when I compare this to games that like, uh, quote unquote porn games that I have really, related to like hurt me plenty or consensual torture simulator those are games that give you very strict rules and like a framework to work in and then allow you to be the agent of those things Mm -hmm. and like that is how i view that stuff like that's how i go into these encounters and how i view sexuality so this idea of what arrow 404 represents is like really foreign and uncomfortable to me because it is such a kind of like a 
abandonment kind of uh, feeling and that's just not how i perceive sexuality Uh, as Mm -hmm. i was joking to destiny i think this is just the difference between tops and bottoms yes pretty much yeah no because me and destiny are like oh this game (laughs) yeah i was just kind of like put off by it like it made me feel very uncomfortable i'm like this doesn't feel very responsible i related to it i was like this is great this is uh exactly how i view these sorts of things or at least Mm -hmm. what i see not to get too candid but like what i am in what i am into when i uh encounter these sorts of things because ultimately, uh, Era 404 is just about this desire to completely let go of anything but what is going on. Uh, yep. Which is how I view that stuff, as a generally anxious person. Mm, yeah, that's not me, unfortunately. Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, it's or maybe a, for it's, the better, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a difference in approach. Like, if... I, I think it would be bad if a bunch of people could, all played one sex game and agreed it was good, especially if it's being very specific about its uh, like ideas of sexuality. Because sure. there, there is no one idea to it, and Era 404 is just a, a representation of one a mental approach to sexuality, which isn't even necessarily the entire way that I see it. Like That's just a mood. It's a, it's a mood game. Yeah, exactly. And that's a mood I could have within me, so it connected. And I, I think that's all it needs to be. I don't know, I like it. I loved it. I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. And uh, but I'm trying to. I played a couple, uh, a couple and a half cases of Danganronpa. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Danganronpa? I don't know. Do we want to get into it now? Or do we want to get into it when we've both played the two games? If you want to have like a big long actual Danganronpa talk, we should wait. But if yeah, you just we'll want to, if you just want to chat about Danganronpa, like I enjoyed it. I'm I'm enjoying it. I have a bunch of problems with it. I think its tone is off. Uh, I think because I find it way more uncomfortable and take it seriously, all the really goofy elements is just really starting to rub now. Especially getting into case three, like when and... there's two characters who are just no I am in love with this person no I am and it's like oh half the time you're going to be this really honest thing of like exploring these people's insecurities and why why people commit horrible acts and half the time you're just going to be anime goof game yeah to me that's like it's like this weird postmodern slasher story like it's it's silly sometimes it's, it's very meaningful but all in all it's like it's fluffy entertainment that I cannot take seriously yeah, and I want to be able to take it seriously, and the fact that it sometimes takes itself seriously, but then sometimes doesn't, leads to this weird tonal uh, inconsistencies that make me just get very frustrated with that. Also, I think I think you'll I think you will like how the game wraps up. I think I, it'll be closer to what you actually want this to be. I expect so because when it gets serious, it gets into some like when it turns it on at the end of every case when it's revealing everyone's uh, like motives and what happened and this really uncomfortable like execution sequence it gets into it and it drops all its pretense mm-hmm. but it has just too much goofiness throughout and it just depends on the characters i wish it had more goofiness to be fair well me too because if it had more goofiness it would be a different game hmm. uh, i yeah. just wish it committed to whatever i, I, angle I, I think we should towards. i think should reconvene when we play both games because mm-hmm. i'm curious what we'll think because i'm a little bit into danganronpa 2 and it's totally like weird i don't know like it's it's very aware that you played the first game 
and plays uh, on that. This is more for you than anyone else, but now that I am into Case 3, fuck Toko! Oh! <laughs> didn't, didn't come around. <laughs> okay, I think Toko's uh, the best in this... his, her own dumb way, but... Oh, what did they do? What did they do? <laughs> oh, we'll get into that another time. We'll see. Maybe you'll come around still. There's still time. Oh, I hope so. I, I mean, was so into that I character. I mean, that character then, will oh. always be that, so I'm no. like, sorry. <laughs> no! But her, like, weird relationship with Byakuya, like, always amuses me. I, I like Byakuya's just complete po-faced... Ugh, to everything. Mm. Uh, though I'm kind of getting tired of Byakuya. I'm waiting. I want him to get out of here soon. I'm, but I assume he'll be one of the ones sticking around. Actually, in terms of characters that are still around, th- they've got rid of most of the fluff now. Uh, You'd be surprised who... Uh, the people who made it to the end were not the people I expected to make it to the end. Oh, no, I expect the people who I expect to make it to the end to be the last ones to go. Okay. I've... I have read stories like this before. I know how they kind of wrap up. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, that'll be fun. I'll finish that in the next few days, and then I'll play Danganronpa 2 like in a couple of months. Yeah. Got have entirely a new cast of characters you get to learn to love all over again. Nice. Yeah. I need to play this game. That... You do. It's you really do. good. It's pretty I'm gonna... You got a Vita. I do. I'm going to borrow it from Matt, maybe. Do you have a physical yeah. copy? Yeah, of course I do. I bought the dumb collector's editions of both games. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> no, I'm I'm a sucker for a big dumb Japanese box. When's that uh, Final Fantasy Type Zero box coming? March. 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 How much is that in the end? A hundred dollars. Hundred dollars. One video game. It's a it's, pretty it's nice the most box. I've ever paid for an ex- like a collector's edition. Nice. nice. Is it? Have you not in your younger years ordered no, something the, ridiculous from Japan? No, uh, I don't pre-order Japanese collector's editions because they are impossible to get a hold of, really. Uh, yeah. And ultimately, like, I want to play the game, typically, so I'll just wait for the American one. By then, the Japanese collector's edition is, like, $1,000. But uh, yeah. I think the next highest is probably uh, the Fallout 3 collector's edition with the lunchbox and the bobblehead, which was, like, 80 I think. Mm-hmm. I paid $80 for lots of games. That's actually not a big deal. No, I was going to say, hey, that's just 20 extra dollars. Yep. Who even cares? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ain't no thing. <laughs> Ain't no thing. It's totally a thing. It's that, it was that time I paid $80. The, I think the Persona Q Extended Edition was $80. But that's a $40 game. Uh, Yeah, it comes with like a hard D- 3DS case and stuff. Oh, okay. The stuff and you're that- getting is nice. I know it came with the tarot cards. Yeah, the tarot cards, soundtrack, art book, and then like like a hard shell case for the 3DS. I assume you can actually do tarot readings with those cards. No, they're just the Major Arcana. You, I oh, mean, okay. you could you could maybe just do a Major Arcana reading, but I was never interested in that. I have no idea. That's where my interest lie it ends. Is I hey those oh, things are in Persona te- games. Teenage me got way into tarot. So of course you did. <laughs> yeah. He's actually very still very good at readings. Well, you don't lose that skill, I assume. No, it's just about symbolism and uh, psychology. If you can do that, you can do anything. Like, I'm not really... I was never interested in tarot as, like, a fortune-telling thing, but into, like, a like a self-reflection, like, meditative thing. I think it's great for that. Yeah, that's cool. W- what else are we going to talk about? Do we have any more bullshit to get through? 
Destiny, what'd you play? I played Become a Great Artist in Just 10 Seconds by Andy McClure and Michael Bro? Brow? Bro. Sorry, I mispronounced your last name, sir. Um, anyway, uh, it's like this really cool, uh, PC art toy where you can make glitch art, and I just can't get enough of it. Uh, as someone who spent pretty much my entire life actually still struggling with like i was never good at drawing or painting or anything that required artistic skill and it's really empowering to just type things on a keyboard and make art happen and feel good about it like oh hey i actually have some talent and then i don't know how much of that is me or just <laughs> the uh buttons but it's still really a great feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what a lot of those like creation tools can do. Is they give you just a bunch of inputs, and you know whatever comes out will be good. But the fact that you made it and no one else did gives you the sense of empowerment and control over what's being created. Like whatever exists that has been made by this game could not have come out of that game without you pressing the buttons you did. So you are an integral part of the process. That's true. Because I'm, I'm trying not to tell myself, oh, I'm not really good at art. It's just, you know, pushing buttons. But I have to, you know, like, I'm the one controlling what it looks like and the colors and the shapes and the outcome of everything. I don't know what the buttons are all doing. It's it's really uh, chaotic. Uh, so you kind of have to... Like, you could make notes like, okay, the C button does this, L button does that, but I kind of like just mashing and seeing what comes out and going with my instinct, and I think that's, that says something. Hey everybody, it's Matt here. Welcome back to uh, Abnormal Mapping in 2015, the year of the PS3. Uh, it's actually looking to be more like the year that Matt breaks and buys a Japanese new 3DS because we're not going to get it in America and I'm going to hold this torch forever because it makes me so sad. I want faceplate so much, you guys. You don't even understand. In the meantime, why don't you check out the YouTube channel. Jackson's just finishing up a really great Alan Wake Let's Play. I watched it. I enjoyed it. I'll be doing Captain Toad soon. Uh, what? I, who knows what's on the agenda? Jackson might be doing a Batman game. You never know. You never know. Um, as always, please check out the podcast. Check out our other podcasts. Uh, Jackson does Traspect Ratio. Uh, it's very good. And uh, Destiny does Badland Girls. Uh, BadlandGirls.com. Uh, I know we plug it at the end, but it's, uh, it's a great podcast. People should listen to it. I'd like to point you there. And uh, check out our episodes. Of course, rate and review. Please rate and review. Really would love it if people rated and reviewed. And uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Uh, it descends into madness immediately. And uh, come back next time for more Abnormal Mapping. Thanks so much again. I hope you guys enjoy it. Oh, writing on the site. Jackson's doing writing on the site. Please check that out. Next time is Lana Polanski. We're very excited. Uh, come check that out. It's going to be hopefully a good show. Fingers crossed. All right. Back to the podcast.
Okay, I'm recording now. I'm recording. Hey. Hey. How's how no. you doing? No. 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 This is not hosting. This is not hosting. What you're doing right now? I was gonna do the whole have a conversation that we're like in the middle of when you're coming back from break thing, but that would require any of us to have anything to say. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> we can't do that. Uh, we're back from break. That was a break. <laughs> I can't do this. Tell me about British Netflix. Oh, I can't watch Enterprise. It's a tragedy. Can't you use like a proxy server or something? No, they've shut down the pro. That's what they're doing. They're cracking down on people watching through uh, proxies. And now I can't watch Enterprise. Hmm. Aww. I know. There's got. They'll find another new workaround. I will find a way to watch Enterprise, and when I do, I will say it's been a long road. <laughs> I think that song's the best. <laughs> it's such a good song. It's the dumbest, and clearly it shouldn't have been the theme tune, but seeing that it is, I can embrace it wholeheartedly. He's got faith in the heart, Matt. I, yeah. Yeah. You both have terrible taste. No, this is a terrible song, but we enjoy it. You know, I think it's perfect. <laughs> Do you like the season three and four version where they add that like weird syncopated beat to it? Less, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. They try to fix it by adding more nonsense. It's like, it's been a long road. It's not as bad as that. It's not as bad as that. Don't. Oh, lie. I wish it was, though. It would probably be better if, it, if they had gone that far. If they had just turned it into but... a trance song and used the vocals. <laughs> yep, that'd be good. Uh, yes. Uh, what, like, just drop when the chorus starts. Because mm-hmm. I got... Mm-t, mm-t, mm-t. <laughs> that's what DS9 did they have their war version of their theme they have their we added a ba- bass beat to it I prefer the original one the, a bass, the like a bass beat and a snare drum no wait do you not that's the that's the alternate version that's the version I sent you the one with the guitar solo There's isn't the season like 4 on DS9 one have like a drum in it that it wasn't the original it, yeah but it's like no, it's mostly just the the low thing. The one that you're thinking of with the bass beat and the snare drum is the like single version they put out when the show first started oh. that has the guitar solo. Okay. That's glorious. Mm. It's the dumbest thing ever created. You can tell they wrote that show in 1993. <sighs> now you wanted to talk about Sleeping Dogs. Yeah, I guess I should. Yeah. You've played Sleeping Dogs. Yeah, I have. Sleeping Dogs is, like, one of the best open world games ever made. Yep. Like, Like, I understand... When you say that, it sounds ridiculous, but then I think about it. No, I I understand when people are like, oh, it's, it's, you know, uh, Saints Row the Third or whatever, but they're wrong, because in actuality... Sleeping Dogs is better. Like, Saints Row goes in the wrong direction. (laughs) Mm -hmm. In giving you a thousand things to do and not caring at all about them... Sleeping Dogs gives you very limited things to do, but invests a lot into most of them. Mm-hmm. Like, you're so constrained in what you can do in that world. And especially in missions where, like, so you're an undercover cop and you're infiltrating the triad to try to take it down from the inside. But, like, your childhood friend is part of the, he's the one who gets you in and he doesn't know you're undercover. And it's like this weird thing where it's like, oh, these people are, you know, they're criminals, but by and by, they're mostly better than the cops, and some of them are actually really good people. Um, and so you're in too deep immediately. But And you're trying to keep them above in your head. Yeah, and because of that... 
I'm sorry. Now I'm just going to let it glance off because of that. Okay. Okay. Uh, you, like, in missions, you have to, like, prove that you're, you know, worthy of the triad, so you have to, like, fight guys really well, and the game's really melee-focused, uh, so, you, you know, you're doing uh, kung fu, whatever. Um, but also, you're since you're an undercover cop, you, like, any time you like run over a civilian or like destroy public property it dings you in terms of like the experience you get from being a cop and so there's this weird like disconnect in all of the missions where you have to be as violent as possible because that's what the mission demands usually but you have to do it in this very self-restrained way where you're not damaging things that aren't the immediate target of your case or your your you know your goal that you've been given and it makes this world where you feel gameplay wise torn between the two worlds and like unable to reconcile them because they're unreconcilable like you're always like i want to do it this way or i want to do it this way and you always fail one by trying to chase the other yeah it's impossible to maintain that balance yep and the story is that too and so it dovetails together really nicely it's just a great game like all the things about like the culture of Hong Kong and being this American immigrant who's like trying to reintegrate, but everyone like, you know, you're a Chinese man, but everyone looks at you and is like, Oh, it's the American. Cause they just know and they can tell. Yeah. Cause you've been out of that world. Yep. It's really good. Uh, that game was surprising in every single way. And it also quelled my desire to ever play Grand Theft Auto V, so thank you, Sleeping Dogs. You were like, I want an open world game, and GTA V's coming out soon, and I'm kind of curious as to what they did, but I know it's bad, and let me just play the Sleeping Dogs thing, and lucked out hard. Yeah, that game's awesome. I replayed the opening few missions at a buddy's house after you played mm-hmm. it, and the craft that game puts into like tiny interactions... Yeah. And through the limitations that it imposes on you, makes everything it does does do way more meaningful. Yeah. Ah, the fact that it doesn't give you a gun forever yep. is so good because one, it just makes the gameplay more interesting because the finding is better than the shooting on a yeah. like really boring level. But two, it gives way more credence to the idea that these are just fucking kids messing about in their stupid gangs. Yeah. Like, especially early on when you're just dealing with infighting. Oh, yeah, or and... it's like, go shake down these vendors for protection money, but then you immediately turn around and then spend that money at their shop to get new clothes. And they yeah. know. Like, they understand what the game is. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> the unwritten rule video well, game. No, well, it's not but like, video like just real life. Like, you know, you shake down, like, the, the just these, like, toughs going around shaking down guys for protection money but then spending that money in the local economy like you're still keeping mm, yeah. it in the people who live in this market like it's like even though there's these ideas of oh these are the gangs and we got to pay them to protect us like it's still part of this bigger sense of family and community that the game really drives home like all these people are yeah. in it together it has a real like from the get-go it's a very focus on this community and this world that you're in and your role within it and portrays the police as outsiders who do not understand that world yeah so i mean the police are you know even though it's hong kong in the modern era the police are still the british folk pretty much yeah it's tom wilkinson yep is <laughs> policeman and it displays a far greater understanding even though it's like not a game of that's trying to be highfalutin or comment or anything just has this inbuilt nuance to the way it portrays the difference between the role of the police and the role of gangs in this society it creates that goes over the head of any game trying to tell a crime story in this space most of the time Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's that's a great game. I like stuff that is content to be this B-movie pulpy thing, but has this level of nuance and understanding and the self-awareness in the world it creates. Yeah, maybe we want to make that. The maybe want to watch a bunch of like Donnie Yen movies. <laughs> Boy, did it! Yeah, because I mean, they knew he's been they making that story for like two decades now, and it's always good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, play Sleeping Dogs. Yeah, absolutely. That's so surprising, but I was delighted by it. So the last game I want to talk about is The Fall, which I only played, I'll admit, because Giant Bomb gave it best story, which was the wrong choice, even though it has a very good story. Um, What's the right choice? 80 Days. Okay. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> there's there's no... None of, the, none of them in that room had played that game. I don't understand how you're allowed to talk about video games <laughs> when you haven't played fucking video games. Uh, you're the one that's still going to keep listening. I have a lot of hours <laughs> at work to kill, Jackson, and wrestling podcasts only cover so much. <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. <laughs> um, the Fall is a 2D sci-fi puzzle adventure game in which it opens with this uh, like space-suited figure crashing through like the ceiling of this facility and wakes up and you are arid the ai of this combat suit and your pilot is damaged to the point of being unconscious and your job is to find a way to like get medical attention and so you take control of the suit um but in reality because you are the ai most you're locked out of most of the suits like high-tech combat abilities so as you're exploring the space you are finding justifications for putting your pilot in mortal danger so you can override the safety lockout and get your like get double jump or get the ability to fire a gun or things because normally you're not allowed to do that unless it directly uh is necessary to keep the pilot alive because you have like your three laws of what you need to do um and it's like always tell the truth uh do anything to keep the pilot alive and i don't even remember what the third one was but because you are finding ways to circumnavigate your own like rule set, the facility that you've landed in is like this rogue AI like containment and re-education facility. And so the facility, every time it interfaces with you, realizes what you're doing and goes out of its way to try to kill you. And it's just butting up against this idea of what it means to like live under these kind of like ingrained assumptions of how your world works and how you can like what it means to subvert that and what it does to a person when they like lose their sense of like it it treats it almost as like a morality thing like what happens when you lose your own view of what is right and what is wrong in the world and Mm -hmm. it's really really good uh i compare a lot to the swapper because it looks kind of similar it's not like clay or anything but it has that kind of grungy, rundown sci-fi feeling. Uh, your interactions are mostly solving puzzles through, uh, like, unlike the Swapper, it's not puzzle rooms. It's like, oh, you need to power up this generator to unflood this area, so you need to go find a power cell and put it in. It's way more contextualized. But it is kind of similar in terms of creating the ability to navigate this space better and in doing so, like, uncovering this mystery. Um, it is one part of projected three episode thing, but by itself, it's like two or three hours and it's really good. And I kind of wish they wouldn't make any more of them because it ends on such a beautiful note. And I think the final game might be a little long, but it's really good. 
I highly recommend it. It's cool. Okay, cool. I think it's also available on Wii U, of all places. I believe you. I think I saw someone uh, tweeting that. Sure. I don't know. I have no idea. But I believe you. It could be. It's a cool game. I think uh, it's worth uh, playing, for sure. A hashtag cool game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think that's everything I've played. I, I played Alan Wake, but just watch my videos on that. Here's my feelings of Alan Wake. Mm-hmm. It's that, <laughs> <laughs> that's the arc there. It's... Mm-hmm. You, you ended yeah. up liking Alan Wake, even though you were really down on it to begin with, right? Yeah. yeah. But I still think that's not a great game, but I... Yeah. It's, it's a strange one. It goes places. The... Uh, interaction at the end of the game I th- th- what they do at the end of the game made some of those mechanics make sense or specifically one mecha- I don't want to sp- fine I'm going to spoil it Matt is you, I'm just going to okay watch your videos spoiled? I don't care it's okay yeah okay so you know there's how there's driving in that game yes uh, and seemingly for no reason whatsoever yeah so uh, every episode ends on this cliffhanger it ends on uh found this new information twist reveals but the second to last episode doesn't it ends on you basically finding out what you gotta do uh, what the finale is and you have to go it's you have to take this uh, MacGuffin the the thing he talks about in that flashback this thing that can turn off the dark what you, you take it's a magical light switch that his mother imbued with power I don't know uh, yeah sure it's a Stephen and, King thing I understand yeah. Just nodding my uh, head. But, uh, <laughs> and then you find out that part of Alan Wake's story is actually a story within a story, and the voice in your head is Tom. What's his face? Uh, anyway, that's irrelevant. You find out I have to take this back. I have to go back to the house, and I have to do this. And that's what I need to do. And it ends. The second last chapter ends on this really secure assured note which I very much appreciated because it wasn't a big oh what's going to happen at the ending cliffhanger because that always makes the slog to the end just unbearable but it I really liked it and then what you do is you just drive there you just this long drive from one side of the town to your house uh, that's I think that's amazing I was so pleased I was so and then you have to get out and like do some walking and fight a bunch of guys but the part where you're just knowing where you've got to go and it's this big long drive I was so pleased like your your giant climax involves the most mundane activity that is is literally a Stephen King novel (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and the climax comes from this place of I know what I need to do and you just start driving and at the start it's dark and then you go through at the start it's light and you're just driving there slowly and then it becomes dark in in a tunnel and you just there's some enemies but they're barely there there might be a song playing I don't know it's exactly the the, that's my favourite moment from that game this sounds awesome (laughs) yeah Alan Wake's got some stuff that's uh, super worthwhile in it even though it's a bit there I'm going to play American Nightmare Uh, that might be fun that's way shorter so who knows will you play American Nightmare before I play Minerva's Den that's the question yes probably are you going to do videos of American Nightmare hopefully so long as it still runs on my computer I can't see why it wouldn't okay uh, I would like to. I I want to finish that out. I have no idea what the story will be. I've, it doesn't seem the story isn't really in a place for it to continue. But it wasn't in a place for it to continue before the DLC. So what do I know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Alan Wake's just trapped in some nega world at this point. It's 
inside the darkness or whatever. Oh goodness. He's I think he's fighting an alternate version of himself in the next game. <laughs> who is introduced in the final cutscene and then completely ignored. Like they just say, here is Mr. Scratch and you're like, what's him? He's just a weird smiling version of me. Anyway, here's the actual <laughs> ending. This all sounds pretty like, amazing yeah. actually, to be honest. <laughs> yep. You're gonna you're gonna enjoy the ending of Alan Wake, is what I'm saying. Okay. Not even ca- not even counting the Sorry, before the between the moment of realizing what you have to do and the driving to the place, there is a flashback to you uh, in your original life with Alice, where you watch an FMV version, uh, where an FMV interview, where an actor who is Alan Wake modeled on does a talk show next to the Max Payne guy. I mean, this is kind of like what? that thing in Metal Gear Solid Four, where the guy who voices Snake does a TV show, or he's talking about <laughs> yep. bullshit, and then Kojima is the voice of God. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Oh, never change, never change. That's too good. Yep. But yeah, that's that. That's all I've played. That's that's a lot of video games. Yeah, everything else. Like I'm playing 13-2, but I don't have anything to say about that yet. I'm not deep enough, and I'm playing our next RPG game. But again, not a whole lot to say about that because we're gonna mm-hmm. podcast about it. So I guess we should maybe finish up. I don't know. What do we have any questions, Jackson? We have three <laughs> from Cho. Okay. Uh, let me look them up. Let me get them up here. Okay. They're all ridiculous. Uh, I I'm sure they're good. Um, okay, question one: How do we destroy video games once and for all? We're probably actually going to talk about this with Lana. <laughs> all things. Yep. Yeah, listen next time. Uh, the actual <laughs> answer is to care about things that aren't fucking video games. Like, oh, right. Video right. games should be like your fourth or fifth interest, and then that—that's where mm. they belong, probably forever. I disagree with should be. I don't know. Sure. I think. I feel that's a kind of comes from this elitist thing. Video games are less worthwhile because they are the shitty. Video games have proven by the people who like video games that they should be less worthwhile. Like accurate, but when you look at people, you know, TJ and whatever, trying to build something, sure. And bless those people, they have more wherewithal than I do. Yes, but But in reality, for like a normal person who's not making games and is fed up with games, just get another hobby. For a little, mm-hmm. even right. just for a little while, like just get out of this because this fucking poisonous echo chamber will ruin you. It will. Accurate. I like video games. I don't <laughs> ever like them as much as I like reading or movies, but um, I'm, you know, everything's got its. Problems. I like video games more than movies, probably. But yeah, I think I like video games more than movies. I don't know. It depends on the movie. Yeah, depends on the video, like video game, also. Than, depends on the fucking video game. Yeah, sure. Uh, question two in this increasing scale of ridiculousness uh, why do people keep calling gone home a game when it's clearly just a walking simulator question mark question mark question mark I don't know I don't know cool I think uh, you know in the long history of walking simulators like uh, System Shock and Bioshock and Myst uh, Thief uh, clearly not a video game and we should just embrace that yeah agreed anyway the question we're actually here for (laughs) also what happened to clown during the fade to black after he got in a jacuzzi with a bunch of dudes inquiring minds want to know (laughs) some underwater fondling 
some dude love? I don't think we ever talked about this on the cast. <laughs> no, I don't think we did. Was but that consensual? That I always bothered don't know. me. I it totally implied that. I think, like, like in reality, like what was intended, no. I think the joke is that he was in this no, th- weird yeah. thing and he was uncomfortable and, like, something ridiculous happened because, ha ha, Japan. But. The, yeah, the joke there is actually really shitty, but... But I like the idea that he's just way into it. <laughs> that's that's your read. I, this pop screen keeps falling over. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. What are you doing? You're ruining everything. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 if it happened once, I could have ignored it, but it happened three times in a row, and I was like, I can't let this stand. Cloud joins <laughs> the end of Bubby's Club. I hope that he still fondly looks at his membership card from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> you know pining for that dead girl's not doing it for him. That's true. That's true. You're not wrong. It's not... Yeah, Cloud... What if that's the way that uh, Final Fantasy VII wrapped up? Cloud gets over Cloud, Cloud just walks back into, like, the gym walks where back. everyone's doing squats. And they and the just final stop line and is, look at I'm, him. And he stops and looks at them is, and he's like, I'm home. I'm, damn it, I was gonna say I'm home! Uh, <laughs> we both had the same beautiful. joke. <laughs> I'm gonna wipe a tear. He's home. Tear. (laughs) That's pretty good. I wish that was how Advent Children ended. To be (laughs) fair, it'd be way better than Eris and Zach walking into the heaven as Cloud is like baptizing a gaggle of children or something. (laughs) (laughs) Going, I'm home. (laughs) Oh, Advent Children, no, (laughs) why? Yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing, Advent Children? Go away. What are we- <laughs> so the real reason we're here is the RPG Explorers Club is back in 2015. Yes. Da-da-da. And we are playing a different game. This is your choice, Jackson, right? Uh, technically. Do we have choices? I was like, sure. I was like, we should do Final Fantasy VIII. And you're like, let's do anything that isn't Final Fantasy. And I'm like, well, yes. you better come up with something then. And then you're like, how about this game? No, your stipulation with it has got to be short. That's true. Because uh, all my like choices would be like 80 hours long. And no, thank you. I just played Persona. Yeah. Uh, so Atelier Rorona Plus. Atelier Rorona, the alchemist of Arland. Uh, the plus is, you know, ambivalent. I mean, we're playing the plus version, but it doesn't really matter, right? I have no idea. Atelier Rorona is the 11th installment of the Atelier series, for the record. Uh, they, I think they started on PlayStation? Maybe, like, Saturn or something? I actually don't know. Well, if it's one a year, then we'll start... Let's click the button. Uh, primarily... Yeah, PlayStation. Start on the PlayStation. Um, and, uh, they are item synthesis games? They're all about collecting items and then making items with them and running, like, this alchemy shop. And they're cute anime games, and I don't know. I, I've put a bunch of hours into this game already, because I was like, let's just start this early. And it's the fluffiest, lightest thing. So I'm pretty sure everyone's going to have a good time. You have described it as uh, just everyone being awful to you all the time? Oh, and yeah. Being... If you want a cute anime girl get stepped on metaphorically by <laughs> other cute anime girls, this is the fucking game for you. <laughs> yep, it just, that's what I heard. It just looks like my queer Twitter on a Friday night. It totally does. That's awesome. It it was you playing it and then realizing, oh, this is why everyone on my Twitter feed loved this game. Yep. 
<laughs> it's also I just wonder. a charmingly fun game. Like it's it's the lightest thing. It is the opposite of a Final Fantasy. <laughs> yep, that's why I chose it. That's why I chose it. Yeah, and this is the shorty for this month. Just bullshitting around, but next month the content returns. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this. We're, we obviously are just gonna do one episode. It will probably be in a different format than the Final Fantasy ones because this game has the lightest story. <laughs> But yeah. I'm going to leave that to Jackson to figure out. Cause, uh... Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Next episode brought to you by Jackson Tyler. I'm just going to sit oh, there and geez. be like, it was cute. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> press a button to have you. Press one one of two buttons to have you say either of those two phrases. Yep. <laughs> yep. Press X to say it was cute. I wanted to kiss Sterk. I couldn't kiss Sterk. It was sad. <laughs> wanted to kiss <laughs> Astrid. Couldn't Mark. kiss Astrid. That was sad, too. Can you kiss any of them? I don't think you can kiss any of them. Maybe at the ending. I don't know. Stark won't kiss you. That a bit betrayed. Stark looks down on you too much. Stark, he, he doesn't. He pities you. I don't know. I could see it happening. <laughs> could you? Well, okay, sure. Yep. Sure. Uh, and then you sent me links to uh, what all their costumes look like in the later game in this series. Yeah, because this, this is the. Oh, what's it called? I think it... The Arland. Yeah, the Arland Trilogy. Because uh, apparently they've made enough of these games that they do them in trilogies now, like SNK games. <laughs> yep. And they, they keep the characters for three games. Yep. Uh, and everyone, as these games are want to do, everyone just gets more and more ridiculous in costume as the games go on. Yep. And it's beautiful. Yeah. That's so exciting. So, uh, that'll be the next game. Uh, are we all playing? We're all playing on Vita, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Um, it's also available on PS3. Uh, and if you, you know, there's a non-special edition that, uh, I think the special edition bundles all the DLC and changes the character models, but if you want it on the cheap, I think the original version is actually pretty cheap at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so play along with us. I think it's like 20 hours long, 25 maybe at the most, as long as you're not going to do everything, and I don't think anybody is, so... No, just just let it happen. Just go through. Just, just let it go. Just nope. let it go. I hate. Ah. No, nope. ah. no. Yeah. <laughs> These goals never bothered me anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Nice. Good job. Good job. I hate you. Hate. Just me. Plug your shit. I am on Twitter at FridgeBuzz now. I am on the podcast Badland Girls with Rhea Dowhour. We can be found at. Yes, we are. We're going to do a New Year's episode. Why show. so incredulous? There hasn't been a new Badland Girls in three weeks, and I'm annoyed at it. <laughs> oh, the holidays happened. We're busy people. Uh, we're recording... Wait, you're doing a New Year's episode? Well, not a New Year's episode. <laughs> episode for the new year. Okay, because I was going to say... Uh, about goals and whatnot. That'll come out. Badlandgirls.com. you got 360 also... days if you want to record a New Year's episode, so there's no rush. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't even know why I'm here. And, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Jackson? I'm on Twitter, TYLEA002. Follow me for bullshit. You have a podcast. We have a movie pod- I host another podcast called Trashback Ratio with uh, these two and Kyle. That's where we talk about movies. It's way more upbeat. <laughs> yeah, movies aren't garbage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are we doing next it's... podcast? Next do podcast. The right thing. We Wait, do you... hang on. 
Which podcast? For Trashpact. I want you to plug your okay. next... Okay. I didn't know if we were going no, into no, no. Like, actual plugging no, for no, next no, week. No, 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 okay. Trashpact? No, we're doing Do the Right Thing next Next Trashpact. We're recording that in a week. You should watch Do the Right Thing because we're going to be podcasting about it. Also, you should just watch Do the Right Thing. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good movie. movie. Um, try not to cry. You won't succeed, probably. <laughs> I cry at everything. Yeah, me too. Bring me the tears. Yeah. I will drink them and cry them back. And out. I, uh, you can find me on Twitter at LitRock, L-I-T-R-O-C-K. Um, I run a book club, Books or Cooks, uh, .tumblr.com if you're interested. That's not on iTunes or anything, but, uh, it, we read books. We're, we are reading Americana by, uh, uh, Chimamanda Adichie for, uh, this month. That's my choice, cause of course it is. Um, and, uh, that's it really. Uh, come back next. I guess not next month. Come back in a few weeks when we will be talking to Lana Polanski about uh, her work, art in general, and uh, the game Offline. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. I took over hosting duties right there at the end. I'm sorry, Jackson. I saw. I did it on ax- like on automatic on accident. I didn't mean to do this. You were like, <laughs> you host the bullshit cast because I'll have some time off, mental time off. My voice is a bit less thing. It'll be fine. I'll be good. But you can turn it on when you need to turn it on. Yeah, he came back in full form. I, I can't not host, I'm sorry. Podcast podcast dad can be nothing else. Uh, <laughs> Alright, we're done. Bye. Bye. Get your money.